Hello, this is Ryan from Ready Rhino One, and for today's podcast, I want to talk a little bit about uh, video games. Uh, so, video games are something that I grew up with. Um, they played a, a pretty big role in my life. Um, in that, you know, there was uh, I played a lot of video games when I was younger, and I've played uh, a decent amount of video games throughout my life. I don't want to say that it was some kind of foundational pillar. Um, that defines who I am, but it's definitely played a pretty large part in my life. Um, something that I've enjoyed um, in in many ways uh, throughout the years. And um, I, I know video games at one time had a, 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 a kind of a negative stigma associated with them. Um, not so much, if I'm being honest, um, when I was growing up. This would have been late 80s, early 90s, but it, I, I'm pretty sure it did for people who, you know, who lived um, earlier than that. Uh, when they were playing video games, um, but it's become more widespread. Um, many people from different walks of life now enjoy video games, and so there's a much greater um, acceptance uh, of it. And um, uh, growing up as a child, um, video games were were very convenient entertainment choice. I mean, you know, rain or shine, right? I mean, if it was pouring down rain, you couldn't really go outside. You had video games. If um, it was too hot or too cold, you had video games. If maybe you kind of exhausted anything you could think of doing outside, you know, like I don't really want to feel like, like playing baseball. I don't really want to play soccer. I don't really want to try to build a fort. I kind of don't really want to do anything with Legos right now. I just want to play a video game. Um, it was always kind of this accessible um, option. And then being able to play with friends was always really nice. And sometimes your friends got games that you didn't have and vice versa. And so you could trade games and just kind of a good time with them. And so that was always a very, uh, very fun option um, as a kid growing up to have that. And throughout the years, you know, my, my tastes in video games had changed. Um, some of the things that I found entertaining then I don't really find entertaining now. Um, but there are some things that have remained. Um, I've, I've always really liked uh, RPG type games and I've grown to kind of enjoy uh, them in a lot a lot of different ways um, throughout the years. When I was growing up, um, RPGs were kind of a, a nice game because they tended to be long games, right? So they were games you could really kind of invest in. You felt like you were investing in a character and uh, you were building them up and you, you had this uh, thing that you had been kind of slowly molding and making and you got to see it as a character um, change and evolve um, in relation to the story uh, that was being played out. And some of this stuff was just very fascinating to me, uh, and I really enjoyed it. And so, you know, that's why I've continued to really enjoy those types of games, even even in my adulthood now. I still do enjoy um, a lot of these types of games. They've always kind of provided this, um, I, I, I want to say moderating force, um, not to put too much emphasis on it, but I mean, you know, when, when times are tough, they can provide a, a brief escape. Uh, when times are just kind of meh, they're a nice kind of a distraction or, you know, something to do. Um, and when times are extremely exciting, when there's a lot going on and you really feel pumped and, and motivated to do things, um, I, I find, at least personally for me, I need to decompress a little bit uh, from that. And so video games, again, kind of provide uh, provide that for me. And so I've always kind of found it to be this moderating um, force in my life. And so that I've been uh, pretty appreciative of that as well. Um, personally, I have, um, I have some struggles with, uh, ADHD, which I've always had throughout my life. Uh, it makes it difficult to sometimes concentrate all the time. And so I find that I need some kind of small distraction. 
And it's not to say that I have to be playing video games all the time, but it's, it usually manifests itself in me, you know, constantly um, moving my leg uh, around, kind of bouncing it up and down. Or sometimes I have to have things in my mind to kind of help occupy um, uh, things just to kind of help me concentrate on other things. So having some kind of background distraction, I, I think people who, you know, need to have the TV on in the background to, you know, really focus, it, it helps them. And stuff like that can really help me. Um, and so, um, video games sometimes provides that. And so, uh, you know, I'll have a hard time focusing for very long periods of time. Um, and so video games provide like a really quick escape, you know, to kind of change things a little bit, change my surroundings, change my focus a little bit for like maybe five, 10 minutes. It's nothing big at all. And then you can get right back to it and, you know, get to focusing down again. But you know, video games are, uh, for me, just have this uh, really, um, really good uh, special place, you know, uh, for me to to enjoy them. And it has a lot of practical uh, benefits for, for my life. And, I, you know, again, as I get older, I, I start to um, really appreciate um, how video games have, have evolved. Um, it used to be just kind of, you know, you had a little character blasting things and moving around and uh, storytelling became more richer in some of these things. Um, I remember there's an NES game called Bad Dudes or whatever. Yeah, Bad Dudes. And I remember, like, basically the storyline in that one was someone had kidnapped the president and we need, you know, bad dudes to go save him or something. And that was it. That was the only premise you needed. And the whole game was you just kind of running around shirtless, punching people. Um, you know, and you think about Wolfenstein, um, you know, you're just shooting Nazis, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, uh, to it, but you know, that of course all changed, um, as games began to evolve, they started becoming, uh, works of art, right? If you think about it, there's a lot of things that go into it. There's storytelling, there's pacing, there's artwork, um, there's uh, dialogue, there's music. Uh, to them, and you know, a lot of a lot of thought has gone into some games, and there's a lot of bad ones, and there's certainly a lot of good ones, and so I've really come to enjoy that those experiences that are very deep and enriching as the games have evolved throughout the years, and so now I find myself, you know, really enjoying a game is almost like I'm able to interact with the world, and I get to experience this world, and there are hints at something deeper and something older within the world. There's cultures that get made up, and I think. Uh, a lot of the a lot of people that make these games really get an enjoyment out of building these worlds, and then to have people experience those worlds um, and to see their reactions, I think is very fulfilling uh, to someone. And I like being a part of that. You know, it's um, there's a lot of great memories um, involved in some of the games that I've kind of played through. And so that kind of brings me to this next point um, regarding uh, nostalgia. So nostalgia is a very powerful thing. Everyone experiences some form of nostalgia in their life. And I think what constitutes nostalgia has evolved um, over the generations. Um, perhaps our you know, grandparents or great-grandparents uh, would have had nostalgia in, say, um, locations, right? So the homestead or the farm where they maybe have, they grew up, you know, there was a lot of memories involved there. They can recall like, oh, we used to run through these fields and we used to find these special rocks, you know, that were, uh, I don't know, you know, something special about them, or there's this old tree that we used to play around or under. And 
um, you know, they have all these memories associated with the location, and this became a very nostalgic thing, or maybe it's, you know, their particular state and the things that make up that state's culture. Um, if you're, you know, perhaps from, from Philly, um, you know, the Philly cheesesteak, um, um, the different uh, sports teams might be something that you kind of gravitate toward that have this like deeper meaning, and these are all sources of nostalgia. And it's it's fun that video games have kind of become a source of nostalgia for a lot of people. Um, Mario um, is sometimes a, a source of nostalgia for a lot of people, and there's a lot to be derived um, from having nostalgia. It's very um, comforting. Um, it uh, recalls you to a time when things were simpler you um, didn't have the same worries that you have today and you were in a state of mind that was probably more innocent um, you didn't feel as broken as you might feel today um, and so this is gonna be something that's very very comforting to people and um, it feels even better when you can share that nostalgia with someone so going back to you know, maybe our grandparents um, they find someone who like, Hey, I was from the, you know, the location next to you. I was, you know, it was about two acres. We owned like two, two or three acres next door to that farm. And, you know, I grew up around the same place. And I remember, I remember that street you were talking about or whatever. And you, know, you find someone from your hometown and you share this like common, uh, culture with them. And that can be very exciting for a lot of people, very comforting. And, so video games provides this commonality between people. It provides this source of nostalgia that um, many people can just share and reminisce about, and it kind of can bring people together. It can help you form friendships and relationships, and there's just a lot that goes into, into this experience, and I, it's just amazing to me that video games um, provide that. And... I'm not really sure what's going to what's going to become of video games kind of going into the future. I mean, we've got it's far more widespread than it was before and um just not really sure like how that's going to play out. Like is everyone going to have this like one massive shared experience, but maybe maybe not. I mean, there's a lot of genres within video games. Um uh, I've noticed that there's a lot of people, you know, who are reminiscing about um, playing uh, competitive uh, um, type games like Halo 2. They remember, you know, being looking for, you know, groups to play Halo with and people who were staying logged into the Halo multiplayer servers, you know, after they had been decommissioned and that kind of thing, or trying to stay in to not let them decommission. The last person logged out and there's like this big turning of the page. Uh, kind of thing for a lot of people. I was never really into those types of games. So I never really shared that. It never really spoke to me, but I understood, you know, that many of those players who had that experience growing up uh, playing Halo with um, friends, sometimes strangers from around the world, um, was, was, you know, deeply uh, satisfying, you know, to, 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 for them to talk about that and to have that shared experience. Um, and so that's why video, to me, video games has have this really nice, um, kind of uh, quality to them and you know I still I think that you know even with the different genres we can still um, enjoy um, these microcosms um, of nostalgia with people even though video games are so widespread we can still find um, people who share you know the same genre that they liked you know that we also like um, 
something else too in regards to video games that I've um, I've really enjoyed. This has been the last uh, several years uh, since really getting out of college. Um, video games took on a, a completely different um, source of entertainment and interest for me. Um, you know, a, as I developed my professional career, I've always really enjoyed systems. Um, wrapping my head around systems, trying to become knowledgeable about a system, almost viewing it as this like living organism, um, so that when I like when I see it react in a certain way, I try to understand why exactly it reacted in that way. Um, and so, a lot of times I'd be playing games, and in my head I'm trying to think about how this system, you know, kind of works, and not not the not the systems within the game as part of the gameplay mechanics, you know, like um, a lot a lot of RPGs or character building stuff. You're trying to uh, manipulate attributes of your character to achieve certain things um, to work in conjunction with a certain set of abilities and to find certain gear that also enhances that to, you know, min-max some kind of result that makes you very overpowered or or whatever it is you're trying to do. I'm talking about, like, at, the, at a lower level um, of the video game, like, how is it actually doing all this? And, you know, learning in college about how... Um, you know, actually my background has to do with uh, computer science and things like that. Um, you learned a lot of the lower level things of how these computers work. And so it was fascinating to me to realize, like, or just to appreciate just how these complex games were actually implemented uh, on a computer. And so it, it kind of, it was really fun to kind of delve into that. So I started um, trying to make my own games um, and... I don't want to call it a success, a success in that I really enjoyed doing it and I made a functional game, um, not in the sense of success, like people, other people liked it. Um, it was objectively a terrible game. Um, but you know, I, I had the game loop and I had, you know, the different things I was doing to calculate, um, collision um, events and you're trying to track all these different things and you have to update like you have a trajectory that some like a projectile is moving so you have to update where it's going then you check to see if it's colliding with something to decide what to do with it next and um, how you integrate um, some graphics into that changing them um, letting things uh, like a, an animation has to progress over over the next couple of frames so you have to track that um, and then, you know, dealing with inputs and how does that affect things, you know, all this stuff um, to trying to understand, you know, how video games uh, work. And it was always very, it, the whole thing is very fascinating. So I really enjoyed uh, kind of digging into that. Um, I guess something for, for those of you who may not be super familiar with, I always thought this was really cool. So I thought I would share it um, in regards to video games when, <clears throat> just to give you an appreciation for what it's doing. Um, we're very used to just kind of seeing these graphics play out on the screen. Um, we don't really appreciate, I don't believe, um, how complex of a of a process that is and the effort that goes into it. You have to understand, and this may not be the case with graphics card with the more advanced graphics cards, but you have this idea of um, these two windows, and uh, depending on um, what you're doing, one window is displayed at any given time. And so what the graphics card is actually doing is it actually it's projecting, I will say the canvas um, 
on onto your computer screen and then what it does in the next frame is it projects the next um, the other canvas to the screen and while it's projecting one canvas it's actually drawing um, on the other one um, and so in this way you might you might think that it has to simply draw the entire screen like it puts all the pixels in place and then it displays it and then it has to erase the whole thing like an etch a sketch and redraw the whole thing but in fact it's kind of flipping back and forth between either canvas and which and whichever one it decides to show it shows that one and it begins painting the next screen on the other one this is always very fascinating um, just to think like it, it doing this this kind of swap back and forth um, but just to appreciate like what goes into you know drawing all those little pixels and stuff and it's not as simple as an xyz thing i mean or xy thing it's i mean there's some of that but they've built layers of abstraction on this and there's a lot of math involved um and things and a lot of tricks that are that are playing out um, behind the scene behind the scenes things like occlusion um you know why render something behind another object when the player can't see uh, that object so you don't render that but to know to you know don't render this particular object we need to track it so when it does reappear from behind that object we know to start rendering it again um, it will you know different strategies for keeping the memory um, optimal right we don't want to keep everything in memory especially if the player is not currently looking in a certain direction we actually unload textures and objects um, behind the player or out of the player's view um, but we don't want to unload all of them because the player decides to start moving quickly in either direction we want to make sure that things are still kind of there um, but you know this is just I say all that to say there's a lot that goes behind the scenes um, I don't have enough time and I, I would say not even enough technical knowledge to go kind of deep into that but I, would, I was just kind of hoping to kind of whet people's appetites if that's something um, that you'd be interested in you should definitely check it out um, learn some more about how video games are developed um, I will say there's a video game called Factorio um, and if you look that up it's a great game um, it's it's fairly simple um, which is a little little deceptive I would say it's actually a, a very deep game um, it's easy to get into, very, very, very difficult to master, um, but it can be very uh, fun to build all these different things. But Factorio um, was under development for a long time. I had um, I had gotten into it when it was in its beta phase. Um, I don't remember. It was right before, about a couple weeks, maybe to a month before it was released on Steam. Um, but they have a, a developer's blog. Um, they call it the Friday Facts. Um, so if you go to the website, you can probably find their their blog, and you I would invite you to go to the very first one and kind of start reading through it, and they kind of walk you through. Um, there's like three, almost 400 entries, um, probably more maybe, uh, of that blog, and in that blog they will they will sometimes dive really deep into some very technical things about video game development that's absolutely fascinating. A lot of the math uh, that goes into it, um, ways of predicting things and modeling stuff and fluid dynamics they were trying to recreate and um, lighting and all this kind of stuff. They really get into some pretty deep stuff, um, and it's it's very it's very it's a lot of fun, and I think it would give you uh, a really nice uh, appreciation um, for uh, video games. So I would invite you to check that out. Um, but uh, 
that's really all I have to say. So um, I hope you'll join me in my next podcast. Um, I haven't determined what I will talk about, but um, hopefully it'll be something that's interesting. So thank you for listening. Bye.